Hello and welcome to This Hope Podcast. I am Fee Tucker and this is the second episode in our Advent series. This time of year, I love to think about babies, not just the baby Jesus, um, but if you don't know me, I have uh, two children and they were both born within a week of Christmas. So at this time of year, I love to think about my own babies um, and look back and remember their birth. Um, And although Jesus's birth was most likely at a different time of year, scholars all agree that it wouldn't have been in December. um, I love to take the time just to reflect on my own experiences of bringing a baby into the world and thinking of Mary, how she must have felt, comparing her experience with my own, um, which is only just a fraction of her lived experience. But as a mother, I feel like we have a connection. It's the same as when mums get together and start chatting. You just have this shared experience that kind of connects you and you can have empathy with one another. For Mary, when I think of Mary at this time of year, it's like we've both birthed babies. We've experienced the pains of labor, um, the anxiety over their well-being, um, the awe that you feel when you look into their little faces for the very first time um, and the weight of responsibility. When I talk to my friends who become mothers, you just have this shared kind of, oh, this is huge. We've got this tiny, vulnerable, little, precious life that we've got to nurture, we've got to protect. Um, And you go from just having yourself to look after to suddenly having this little baby that needs you for everything. Now thinking about Mary aside from her very different experience and responsibility of literally having birth the son of God. Um, this year I'm drawn to a very different aspect of our shared experience and that's who was the first to know. Now, I don't know about you but if you had a child you may have experienced the pressure of making sure the right people know at the right time. My little boy, Ren, was born four years ago. Um, And unlike his sister, who um, kept us waiting well past her due date and then raced into the world in just a few short hours, um, Ren was a planned C-section. So we actually had some time in advance to think it through. So we had a list of people that we were going to call Uh, We had um, some people that we would text. We had WhatsApp groups set up, ready to go. Um, And then a few days later, after those people had had found out, um, there would be the typical social media post that would be announcing his arrival. It would have his, you know, the full name, the date of birth, his his weight, like we were about to eat him for Christmas dinner. Um, And there'd be some kind of cute little anecdote about something along the lines of, oh, mum and baby are doing so well, um, which in my experience was definitely a barefaced lie <laughs> because by the time those posts went live, I would be <laughs> so sleep deprived having not slept for about five consecutive days. I would be in excruciating pain. I would be continuously milked like some kind of cow and um, the postnatal depression and anxiety were just about to hit really hard. So hashtag blessed. But that aside, (laughs) on reflection, looking back now with a few years distance, I think there's three kind of clear categories of people who tend to meet the baby first 
or hear about their arrival first. And these are the qualified. So midwives, the people who are um, delivering your baby, doctors, in my case, it was surgeons. Um, and then the next is the connected. So it's people who are connected to you, like your family. And then the close. These are the people who may not be your family, but you are in closest relationship with, possibly even closer, your very best friends. Those are the people who tend to either be at the birth, come and visit straight after, or who hear about it first. But for Jesus' birth, the first people to hear about it, and even the first people to visit and meet Jesus, were the complete opposite. We read in Luke's gospel in chapter two, that the first people to hear about the birth of Jesus were the shepherds. And I just want to spend a little bit of time in this episode thinking about these shepherds. So let's read the account of the shepherds in Luke chapter two, verses eight to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the shepherds are the first marginalised group that we come across in Luke's gospel. And Luke focuses a lot on um, marginalised groups and people throughout the gospel. But a little bit of historical context um, on what life was potentially like for shepherds in first century Palestine. Um, They're often referred to as like poor and lowly. Basically, they were unskilled and uneducated. Um, Being a shepherd meant that it wasn't like a skilled profession um, and they were essentially poor peasants. But more than that, some scholars suggest that they were held in contempt, that they were viewed as thieves and vagabonds. They were banned from testifying in court and rabbinic tradition labelled them as unclean due to the work that they did which meant that they weren't able to go to the temple and worship God because they were seen as unclean. They weren't allowed in. The shepherds were outcasts. They were 
pretty much at the bottom of the social scale and they were ostracized and they were rejected by their people. I wonder if we can identify with the shepherds for a moment. Have you ever felt rejected? I think it would be hard to come across somebody who's never experienced that sting of rejection, even if it's just momentary. But for some, it can impact their whole lives. Maybe you felt rejected on a societal level like the shepherds did. Maybe you felt it as a child on the playground when you were picked last or maybe not picked at all. Maybe you weren't included in people's games. Maybe you were rejected by someone you thought was your friend. Maybe it was a lover. Maybe you felt rejection from your parent. Maybe you didn't think you were good enough. Or maybe that's something that you were told and you've carried it with you. Maybe even it would be that time when you found out a friend was pregnant or engaged or given birth and you found out on that social media post I was talking about. They didn't tell you personally and you thought you would have made the cut. Rejection hurts. And I've been doing some research about rejection on a psychological level. Um, And I will link to uh, the article that I was reading in the show notes. But fundamentally, we have a need to belong. Um, We have a need for positive and lasting relationships. And this is the core of our well-being. Um, it's kind of twofold. We need positive, regular social contact. So we don't, we, we suffer if we're in isolation. Um, and then also we need a kind of stable, ongoing relationship where there's this mutual um, care and concern for, uh, between the individuals in that relationship. And this need to belong um, from a kind of, Uh, evolutionary perspective um, comes from uh, the need to survive and to reproduce. So in early um, human communities, you needed to be, uh, to belong in a community because otherwise you would be um, open to threats. You would be unlikely to survive. You would need people to reproduce. You would need people to live together um, to protect one another. Um, And so on a kind of core sort of human uh, instinctual primal level, um, that bitter sting of rejection is this kind of primal motivation to try and get you to avoid exclusion so that you can survive. Um, And from uh, a a Christian perspective, we know that God designed us to be in community. We know that we are supposed to be in close, close um, relationship and community with God and that we can seek out everything we need to survive um, and to thrive in a loving, connective relationship, not just with others, but specifically with God. That is our intended, created purpose. Um, But I also had a look at some of... um, what social rejection like the shepherds experienced and maybe we've all experienced some of the, um, because it's a core human need that is being thwarted when we are rejected. Um, I've had a look at some of the impact they can have 
And just a few of them, kind of an overview list is um, social rejection causes anxiety, anger, sadness, depression, jealousy, low self-esteem. Um, it impacts your mental health hugely to be rejected. And what's interesting when we read this passage and it says that in um, verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Now, we know that um, when people are confronted with angels uh, in the Bible, there is a sense of like awe and fear and kind of reverence of God. But what's interesting, thinking about it from a re social rejection point of view, is that people who experience rejection can become hypersensitive to threat and be crippled with anxiety. And what I think is amazing um, in the angel's response is to say, do not be afraid. Now, not just because they are not there to cause them harm, but because sometimes we see in the Bible that angels bring judgment. For example, in Second uh, Kings 19 verse 35, angels are coming to bring judgment. And what the angels are saying here for these shepherds that are maybe kind of hypersensitive to, to threat and they're there, they're watching out for threats and attack on their, on their flock. They're being good shepherds, um, but also they are being shunned. They're viewed as thieves and, and vagabonds and they, they're being told the narrative is that they are unclean, that they're not welcome, um, that the angel is immediately saying, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. They're not here to bring judgment. They are here to bring good news. And what is that good news? It's going to be great joy. And then they're specific here. They say for all the people, not just some of the people, not the people who are um, socially accepted, but this is joy and good news for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Um, this is the Messiah that not just these shepherds, but all of Israel has been waiting for. Um, and they are being told of his arrival. And then they go on, they say, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now for the shepherds, if they were being told, you know, this baby, the Messiah has been born to you, go and see this baby, um, go and visit your king. For the shepherds, that would have been terrifying because if this was truly the Messiah, this long-awaited king of Israel that would um, liberate them from all of their oppression and to be their savior, then they're expecting this to be a royal baby. And for the shepherds, they wouldn't have, <laughs> they would have been terrified to go and visit um, such, a, such a place and such a people because they would have been rejected. They'd been like, oh, shepherds, unclean, go away. There would have been this fear of rejection. But what the angel says, when the angel is saying, this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
the angels not just being really specific so that they don't kind of miss their mark and go past where they're going. The angel is telling them this baby is going to be wrapped in cloths. That is something that um, in those times peasants would do to their to, would wrap their babies in cloths in swaddling cloths and the fact that the baby would be lying in a manger tells the shepherds that the kind of house that they that the baby would be in has a feeding trough in it and that is just like these kind of two two bedroom like two room homes that uh, would have been common amongst peasants in um, first century Palestine so what the angel is saying is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord is born. Go and find your king, but you are not going to be rejected. Don't worry. Don't be afraid because this baby is in a home of peasants. This baby has come for all people. This baby has come for you. And so the shepherds went and they found the baby Jesus. And it was just as the angels had said, just as they had reassured them, that he was wrapped like a peasant would be in cloths and laying in a manger of a peasant's home. And they weren't rejected. The most important announcement of any baby throughout all of history, God incarnate, the baby who came to be the Messiah, to rescue Israel and to save the world, these shepherds who were rejected were the ones who got to be the first to hear about it. They were the first ones to visit. If you remember I said earlier, people who usually get to visit the baby first are the qualified, the connected, and the close. These shepherds were the lonely the outcast and the rejected. They were the ones who got to hear about the birth of Jesus. So if you ever feel that sting of rejection, if you've ever felt like you are not included, that you are not good enough, if you suffer with feelings of shame, and feelings like you are unloved, I want you to know that you are the shepherds in this story. You are the one who has been invited to come and visit this newborn baby Jesus first. You are the first ones. You are accepted. You are invited and you are welcome to be there before anyone else. And what's beautiful when heaven erupts, it's like heaven cannot contain the glory and the um, the kind of praise and excitement that that God has stepped down from heaven to rescue his people and bring them back. The song of the angels is glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace which is shalom, to those on whom his favor rests. Now, biblical peace, shalom, actually encompasses well-being. It's about reconciling, this kind of reconciling peace between humankind and God. We were not created 
to live alone and to be rejected and outcast. We were created and designed with this need to belong and specifically this need to belong with God. And through the incarnation, Jesus brings this reconciling shalom, this reconciling peace that can act as a balm to any rejection you have ever felt because you are being reconciled to the one who is the only one who can truly accept you and love you just as you are and his um, acceptance of you is the only acceptance that truly matters so this Christmas time I would encourage you as you think about the birth of Jesus just remember that you, you who feels rejected, you who feels like you are not good enough, are the first one invited into that stable to sit in awe at this baby who is God in flesh, who has stepped down from heaven so that he can live exactly as we are to have every single human experience, to live it from the inside out. This baby that you are kneeling before is the baby who will be rejected and despised. He will feel what you felt and he will remedy it in a way that nothing else could. You become the qualified the connected and the close because of this baby. Bless you guys. Next week um, will be the last in our Advent series. I just want to pray um, that God would pour out his blessing on you this Christmas time um, and that you would truly know that you are the first one invited into the stable. Bless you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, as always, if you want to get in touch, you can email us at hello at wehavethishope.co.uk. Um, uh, our online shop is open still. If you want to get any of uh, any Christmas gifts for people, um, then this weekend is the last weekend to do so to ensure postage. Um, and as always, please like and subscribe, uh, rate the podcast, do all those good things. Um, and you can find us on social media at We Have This Hope. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.